hear the words waste diversion. Eating cheeseburgers. Why? <laughs> what is the connection? <laughs> it's just the first thing that popped into my head. <laughs> okay, welcome to episode 73 of the Shore Report. I'm Jessica Linthorn. Where were you going with that at? <laughs> Continue. <laughs> I'm, I'm Jay Posner. <laughs> I was going with the waste diversion because it's, I don't know, I feel like waste diversion means different things to different people. Does it mean composting? Does it mean recycling? Does it mean reusing things? Does it mean not buying things because they're full of packaging? And I, I don't know, I guess the right answer is it could mean all those things. Yeah, yeah. It feel, it's sort of like a, a way of making our way through life. Yeah. Is Everybody's got to eat. Yeah. And right? we all have waste of some sort we have to deal with. Yeah. And clothes, like clothes you outgrow, things you purge. Lots of stuff you can donate and move on and pass along, but lots of stuff has to hit the trash too. I have three boys. Jay, my stuff, those kids' clothes aren't are not always... The pants last one wear? Holy moly. So this is okay. the conversation you had so with anyways, John? So anyways, yes, okay. no. <laughs> so we are joined today with Councillor John Rich, and he is going to tell us all about his experience and his very good message and very passionate about the subject around waste diversion. So I'd like to welcome Councillor John Rich to the show. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. I think you've been here before and we talked about chickens, right? We talked about chickens. We had the chicken introduction, did, the chicken dance. We did the chicken and, dance. I remember that. Yeah, that was a good one. Just last uh, um, council meeting, we extended the bylaw and made it a permanent bylaw to allow people to have uh, chickens or urban urban fowl in the municipality <laughs> and that's a win. There's not a lot of people taking advantage of the program which is exactly where we wanted it to be in the first place. I think that the people that want to have chickens can have them now and the people that don't, don't. And I don't think it's been a nuisance uh, to anyone in the But there was that one rooster. There was a rooster. <laughs> but we, they, we handled so they, that. They, I didn't know how that works, but, but they got a okay. bunch of chickens and one was a rooster. And <laughs> it's then okay. The rooster sure. problem was taken care of. But we're not here to talk about roosters today. No, we're not. We are not. We are here to talk about waste diversion. Um, so thanks for coming on the show. And we, you and I had connected after the last, one of the previous council meetings, um, because you had taken a bit of a stance and talked a little bit about waste diversion and your involvement. And then I thought, yeah, you know what? We should talk about this some more on the air. So I appreciate you coming on. And uh, I'm going to pass it to you. Can you, first of all, are you on the board? Of, is there a board so involvement or committee So first involvement? off, um, uh, Bruce County has Bruce Area Solid Waste Recycling. Right. And their primary function is to divert waste in our municipality. There's a number of different ways in which we divert waste. I happen to be um, our municipal representative on that board, and I am the chair of the board. So I'm here to talk about how we can divert waste and how new provincial legislation is going to divert waste in the future. The provincial government uh, put forward a questionnaire. They're looking at a number of different strategies and suggestions on how we can divert waste from our landfills. So there, there's a number of different things going on. The, the primary issue uh, with waste diversion in Ontario is that the larger urban centers mostly use single source recycling. So that means that there's a big recycling bin you put it at the end of your street, and then you throw your cardboard, you throw in your glass, you throw in your tin cans, and then they dump it into a big truck, and that truck dumps it on a conveyor belt. As it goes through, there's a number of people that are sorting, so they stand okay. up on a line, they sort all the glass and everything into different bins, which goes off to different recycling, one for paper, one for cardboard, one for glass, one for cans. The biggest problem with single source recycling, as we, because we don't use that particular program here, is that 
statistics show that between 25 and 40 percent of the products that go into a single source recycling bin go immediately to landfill. That's why our municipality, or Basra, the entire county of Bruce, or one of the reasons why the entire county of Bruce has chosen to go with curbside sorted recycling. So the truck comes up, you have your curbside recycling there, mm -hmm. and they take what we will recycle. So actually, we, we normally recycle somewhere between 95 and 99% of all the materials that come into our facility mm. because our drivers are sorting it as it comes through. And if mm -hmm. we don't recycle it, it stays with you, and then you have to send it to landfill. So the question always is, when people move here from different municipalities, they're very used to throwing things into recycling bins and having them, in their mind, go straight to recycling. So the purpose, more or less, of this podcast is to talk a little bit about recycling and what actually happens to end products mm -hmm. and what we're doing. So I'll give you uh, an example, if I may go on a little Absolutely, bit. Absolutely, keep going. So I had a phone call from a recent migrant to the region from the town of Kitchener-Waterloo. And she said, how come we don't recycle milk cartons here? In Waterloo, I throw my milk carton into the single source recycling bin, mm -hmm. and then when that's done, in her mind, she feels 100% certain that all of that product is immediately recycled into usable uh, materials. For example, I think a lot of people think, oh, well, if you take a Tetra Pak, which has paper, aluminum, and polyurethane in it with a plastic top, you think you throw that into a recycling bin, and then somewhere down the line, I think the, the thought would be, and the same is kind of hold true because Tetra Paks and milk cartons are somewhat similar, the thought would be that that goes down the road, uh, recycling facility, they think, okay, well, that will, they'll separate all the materials and all of that will go back. So the first thing to remember is, is that first and foremost, anything that has been used to contain food in the past cannot be used for food again. So that immediately eliminates a significant part of the market for mm -hmm. any of that recycled material. A lot of times when taking off the polyurethane, for example, they uh, damage the cardboard so they're unable to use that. And then what's left over goes to landfill. So a lot of times what happens is you think, so for example, we could take milk cartons here, send it to a recycling facility down in Toronto, and then down there they would still send 40% of it to landfill. So in our mind, that's actually a waste of resources. Yeah. So what you want to think about is the overall lifespan of products and how that affects recycling and the environment down the road. Mm -hmm. So if you think of something like a milk carton, as a prime example, we you can buy glass milk cartons. I'll throw a little plug out for Creamore Springs or for Creamore uh, Milk. They uh, distribute their milk in our region in glass bottles. So a glass bottle over its lifespan will use about 40% of the energy that milk cartons will. Of the same hmm. of the same type right so everyone thinks milk cartons are very small but you have to think about the energy to make it yeah. to transport it over and over again where a glass bottle can be cleaned and reused over and over again there's a, there's a lot of a lot of misconceptions and a lot of problems with uh, re with recycling or, or recycling perception and if I can interrupt sure. this feels like a conversation I had in grade 7 grade 8 like they, we're talking 1989 90 <laughs> right you know? yes uh, 
and I don't know, we must have got away. And so I, I, maybe I forgot because I was, I think, a person that said, oh, I'm putting the milk carton or the egg, egg carton <clears throat> and it must be handled on faith, you know. And we got away from educating or sort of not doing a good job. I mean, on a mm-hmm. side note, maybe this is good for Ross. Ross should really oh, be idea. learning about this. Yeah. yeah. Anyways, go, go yeah. on. But, it, but, I, but I will say, yeah, Ross, Ross would do, really yeah. do well with this. Yeah. And so if everyone remembers, Ross was the whiteboard um, <laughs> yeah. stick. Um, he's a, our resident. He's our, a resident of Soggy Shores. Right. Yeah. So um, yeah, so that that's a that's a great thing. So I'm going to say a statement now that's going to get me into trouble, which is oh, fine. Okay. So I'm going to say Let's that. Let's just be clear here. We're Jay and I are not <laughs> saying anything. Not saying this, but John Rich is saying this. I'm saying that recycling, in a lot of ways, has been very detrimental to our environment over the long haul. We've been able to divert some waste. But it's given people the impression that they're doing something when, in fact, they are not. Okay. So if you buy a 12-pack of water bottles, when you put those in the recycling bin, usually about 8% or 10% of that material over all water bottles that are purchased um, ends up being recycled not the other 90%. So in your mind, you think, oh, we're, we're doing a great thing because I'm buying plastic water bottles and I'm recycling them. Mm-hmm. But the real solution comes from the consumer. And my response would be, do not buy plastic water bottles mm-hmm. because there yeah. is a convenience there. I wouldn't disagree. Sure. But um, I, I think at the end of the day, we, we are unable to reuse that material. And it's that's, like, and that's it's, where it's, recycling it's, is we're doing. We made one step. But now let's make another step to get better. And there's probably the, oh, several, you know. Several steps along the way. Mm-hmm. A lot of people will talk about, um, they'll say, well, that's better than doing nothing. Eh, I, I don't know. If we thought that every water bottle went to the went to the landfill, then at the end of the day, we yeah. would say, oh, well, I'm not going to buy those things. Mm-hmm. And then maybe it'd be more um, more pressure on consumers yeah. down down the road. Right. There was an interesting conversation. I'm not sure either of you were at the mayor's breakfast last month, the Chamber of Commerce hosted. One of the questions that Do- uh, John Davinsky, reporter with Bayshore Broadcasting, had asked the mayor was around, um, con- had we considered, had council considered banning plastic straws? Or plastics. I guess he wasn't specific to straws, but the mayor kind of elaborated in his answer about straws specifically. And it, it was a very good point, and, and he spoke very well to it, that it's not... We don't necessarily, as a municipality, you guys as council, don't necessarily want to have bans. You don't want to say, no, we can't allow this. We don't want this. We won't have it. But he did say the consumers are directing this market. So when he and Pierre Danini from the Queens was in the room and he said, you know, Pierre's a good example of a business owner who has made a shift for the betterment of the environment and has decided to switch from plastic to paper. Right. And so the shift has also been including, you know, the mayor, the way the mayor shared the story was soon we will get to or we can anytime we can get to a place where. Consumer says, no, thanks, I don't want a straw. I I would agree wholeheartedly. And so I would say in the environmental world, consider us alcoholics. We're addicted to straws, right? Yeah. You're at home and you serve water to your family. No one is grabbing a straw. No. You think, hey, well, well, where's my straw to drink my water with dinner, mom? (laughs) It doesn't happen, right? So now we're addicted to straws. When I'll say, let's call it the whiskey. 
right? You're okay. like an alcoholic, you're addicted to whiskey, right? And so we're moving over to paper straws, which is basically saying, I'm not drinking whiskey anymore, I'm going to drink beer. Yeah. But guess what? You're still addicted to straws. Yeah. You've got to get off the straws. Yeah. you got to yeah. get off the straws, yeah. man. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you don't need a straw. Yeah. You, when, you, when you go to a restaurant, you can say, no, thank you. Yes, I would rather not right. have a straw. Yeah. You know, and, and I say this to people at, at work. I, I have a friend of mine who's a big environmentalist. And he said, you know, I'm, I'm really disappointed with um, companies that, you know, have styrofoam containers yeah. that, that they give uh, food, takeaway food in. Mm-hmm. And I said to him, I said, Todd, take Tupperware. Or take your own containers. Mm-hmm. Guess what? Ninety-nine percent of all businesses would put it in a Tupperware container, and you can make That's a right. huge difference. That's and right. it doesn't matter whether it's styrofoam or paper. Mm-hmm. Your consumer choices are what's going to make the difference. But it's a hard thing to do. And yeah. when you think you can recycle every product, and you think I put it in the bin and it disappears and it becomes something new, then you're fooled into thinking that you don't have to modify your consumer choices. That's right. If you received a TV and it was packed in styrofoam, you have every right to open it up and look at that consumer or look at that um, manufacturer or uh, retailer and say, you know, I'm not gonna buy this TV because I'm not buying anything that's um, packed in styrofoam. I will only buy a TV that's held in compressible or formable cardboard. Mm -hmm. But how many of us would make that choice? We've shopped around to find a TV, we get it's in styrofoam, we say, oh, that's a bummer, it's in styrofoam. But the truth of the matter is, is we've got to force the manufacturers, we've got to force the retailers to modify their choices. Mm -hmm. And the only way we can do that is if collectively as a group, we decide that we're not going to accept that second Mm -hmm. that second standard Mm -hmm. that's great I love that that's so fascinating and and you know we are seeing the municipality has installed a number of water bottle fill stations exactly I love them right and and we always have reusable water bottles and vehicles and our purses and our bags whatever as a family and that's that's what we're looking for you know we you you drank all your water no problem go fill it up over there go fill it up we're we're spending a lot of money in this municipality to make sure that the water is very drinkable probably a lot better than some of the water that you get in the plastic water bottles that's right the other choices are paper towels that's another Mm -hmm. great choice we you don't have to buy a paper towel you can have a cloth towel that you can dry your hands on or use to wipe up your counter and you can wash it and reuse it over and over and over again. Mm. But there's a lot of paper towel that's being purchased out there as a, as another example. And I'll and I'll go back to the to the tetra packs and I'll go back to the milk cartons. Sometimes recyclers will say it's 100% recycled, which may very well be. Mm-hmm. But if you read about something like tetra pack recycling, they will take that, they'll extract whatever material they can, which is usually marginal, marginal, and then they'll grind up the rest of it, and then they'll mix it in with dirt, and then use it to make concrete. Now, I'm not sure that's exactly what people think is happening yeah, with okay. the recycled material. They're thinking, yeah. well, no, that's made into another usable product. No, that's actually made into a landfill that is a parking yeah. lot somewhere. Yeah. That is not actually a good use of that energy. If you think about the energy that goes into making the initial product Mm -hmm. to think that you're spending more energy to grind it at the end and dump it down. Now, maybe the last point or one of the other points I'd like to make is we are about to come into a real world of hurt with regard to recycling. Mm -hmm. Right now, glass markets, for example, are, are, are low. So you can't 
extract you you can't get back what it what it costs to to pull that material off the street and then throw it um, in, into a bin have it recycled it, it costs more to recycle it than they're willing to pay for it so we take that as a loss um, when you look at something like plastic water bottles and tin cans for years we used to ship a lot of that material over to Japan and or not Japan but over to China and now China has said no more we, we don't need that material. Oil prices are low enough that recycling water bottles is not worth uh, mm -hmm. the cost of, of the energy of, of uh, recycling it. So the real impact, so down the road we're going to actually see new landfills that will hold tin cans waiting for an appropriate market to be available for it down the road or plastic water bottles that are be waiting for that appropriate market. Mm -hmm. So in our minds we've recycled it but actually we've mm -hmm. diverted it to a different type of landfill. The opportunity is yours. The opportunity is the consumers. You can make choices that are going to better affect the environment. Mm -hmm. Do not hope that recycling is going to be the answer for everything. Certainly it does make a small difference, but the big difference has to start at home. You have to reuse and reduce and recycle. Those are the three R's, mm -hmm. and the first two account for more than 66% of waste diversion and changes over the long haul to our environment. I love that. I don't think you could wrap it up any better. I feel like that's like a full stop right there. <laughs> and all I'm going to do is go on that's and awesome. ramble. So uh, well, you you're go. obviously very passionate about it. You're very informed and, and uh, engaging through the podcast. So thank you so much for coming on the show. Thanks for having me. And I'm going to be doing a little tour here, I guess. I've done a couple of interviews with Great. The, the paper. I'm going to do a presentation at the next council meeting. So if anyone wants That's to come awesome. out and see the kinds of materials we recycle, I'm going to be there. I'm going to talk to the SRA, other uh, community groups. I really think this is a strong message that we need to get out there. And I think that as a community, we can probably do a lot better than we're doing. Hey, and you know what? Sogging Shores is known to be the leader in, in almost everything, right? That's right. If Let's try and be everything. a leader on this too. That's right. Cool. Thank you so much. I really appreciate you sharing. And uh, thanks for coming on the show. And so that's it for us at the Shore Report today. Um, if you have any feedback, you'd like to reach out with us at podcast at soggingshores.ca. And always subscribe um, through iTunes or SoundCloud. Thanks for listening. Excellent. Thank you.